What it do? Welcome to You So Rude, the podcast engineered to supply you quality content to ignite your dreams. Um, today, we have another very special guest with us, my high school teacher, Mrs. Cartwright. Um, I will give her, I will give you guys her bio, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Oh, thanks. Well, like Ruth said, I was his English teacher in high school for AP Literature. Um, I've been teaching at Inlet Grove for eight years, nine years, something like that. Um, Then I've taught all the English classes, and I teach intensive reading in AP Literature and AP Language and IB Literature. And throughout the years, I've had some amazing students who come back and want to rehash and talk about their journeys, and so I always welcome that. Love to hear what they're up to. That sounded so politically correct. <laughs> like, you say, you say, no, it's true. But um, I know that a lot of your students do come back and share mm-hmm. their journeys. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born and raised in New York and moved to Florida when I was 13. And I went to middle school here. And my parents were middle class. Um my mom was a nurse, my dad was a teacher, but between the two of them, we have six kids in our family, so it was a lot of kids. So even though, you know, they had good jobs and were stable, it wasn't a ton of money, um, so things were always a little kind of up in the air about where we'd be living and what our situation would be. Um, we moved to Florida, and by that point, all my older siblings were already graduated, so I was the last one, went to high school here. Um, after high school... Well, originally in high school, I wanted to be an accountant. I really liked math a whole lot. But then I realized after taking AP statistics, I was going to dump math and English it would be. So I went to college, went to Florida State for a year and studied English, but I didn't like Tallahassee. So then transferred to Florida Atlantic. But throughout that time, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, My dad was always a real inspiration to me. Um, He taught in Harlem and New York City. He taught in... um, lower socioeconomic areas in Brooklyn, so it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, And then once I finished my bachelor's degree in English, I went back and got my master's degree in reading education because I knew that was an area that um, really needed a lot of focus, a lot of students, and you hear it all over the the news today that kids in America are illiterate, they can't read. And so I was like, there's got to be more to that story. So that's where I got my inspiration for that. And I started teaching it in the Grove right out of college and I knew that it was a school that I thought was really interesting because it's a charter school smaller population they were able to really choose kids who were focused on a specific career that they wanted to um, hopefully pursue after high school and college but kids who also needed a lot of help who maybe weren't getting that help at home and so I thought that it you know it would be a good fit for me based on what I wanted to do growing up and so here I am um I want to like back backtrack because I have like a lot of questions prepared, mm-hmm. but um, you said your father was a real inspiration um, in lower socioeconomical mm-hmm. areas. Like, how so? Like, did he bring it to the school? Like, what are some of the early experiences that you had where you seen that there was a lack of education, or do you see that, or do you believe in like a uh, like there's a lack in opportunities at, at, at that stage of life? Um, definitely a lack of opportunities, and that's the key to the education. Um, I always tell my brother, who has two 
kids that doesn't matter how many tutors you get for your kids it's the fact that you take them and you travel and you introduce them to new things and new people and that those experiences is what gains your education that's what is the basis of your knowledge it has nothing to do with how great your teacher is in school how how wonderful the tutors are how much money you have in terms of what you're spending it on so if you're spending it on something that's going to be valuable in the future that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck and seeing my dad teaching a school where they the students didn't have those opportunities that most of them hadn't left Staten Island which is where I grew up um, or hadn't left Brooklyn or hadn't left lower Manhattan or the Bronx or wherever whichever area he was in at that time um, really stuck out as something that was the, the root of the problem that when you don't have opportunities to expand on what you know how can you ever learn how could you ever be successful so um, I totally agree with your point. So how does that how does that go with um, you're from a middle class home um, with your um, with your parents and all that? How do you go from that and transition to being like um, going into those type of communities? I mean, that's definitely something that. I don't want to say I struggled with at first, but it was hard to wrap my head around because you hear, you know, you hear statistics um, about about different areas and what they have and what they don't have and the experiences that they have and how how these kids can't read um, or you know students who are in a higher socioeconomic status are going to go to college when other students won't. And it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. And it took me a little bit of time to kind of acclimate and understand the backgrounds of each individual student to get to the point where I could understand how they might be in a situation similar to what they are. The hardest part is getting the students to understand that it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all. And what's really important is their individual motivation to get out of it. Um, people make excuses. Not saying that that is a reason. I make excuses. You make excuses. You know, you're you're running late to something, and you blame it on you know your car battery wouldn't start. Whatever whatever the case might be, people make excuses. And when somebody's determined enough to say, well, I can make all the excuses in the world, but that's not going to impede where I want to be. That's when you see change. And that's part of the issue in America itself, not in any specific culture or demographic, but people want to always have a crutch to blame something for why they can't be successful. So being in that in an area like in in, in that group where you've taught for so many years, um, what would you say the main problem would be in terms of education? I mean, as far as resources go, our school definitely doesn't have as many resources as a school less than a mile away down the street because of the demographic of students who go to that school. Um, so resources is always an issue, but a lot of family support isn't there. A lot of our students, when they leave from school, they play on sports teams, they have jobs after school, they go home to a house where their parents aren't there, they might not even live with their parents. And so the instability that a lot of the students face makes school less of a priority. And it's understandable when you look at it through their perspective, how can you place all of your time and effort into school when that's not what's going to save your life at the end of the day. These kids have way bigger issues firsthand that they have to worry about before being able to do school. So in, in, it's like you're more focused on survival than you are. It's like there's Absolutely. a hierarchy of, of needs. If, if Absolutely. Basic, basic needs are met, then, then, then how can you, how do you even, okay, so we know what the problem is, you know, with the, 
lack of um opportunity and instability in in certain in environment what are some ways to maneuver through that like what have you seen um been done to improve that that, that system and, and like is there an answer to, to all that I mean, what I always say, I teach intensive reading primarily, and what I always say is when people ask, how do you get the kids to pass, I say one at a time. Because that's that's the end-all, be-all response. Because you can't get an entire group of anybody to ever do anything. It has to be on an individual basis. Um, and what works for one person doesn't work for another. What works for most of my students is knowing that you care about them. And that even if things are chaotic and crazy at home, that they can come here and this will be stable and this will be steady and the routine is always the same. That they know that they'll at least be able to get breakfast and lunch here. That they'll show up to class and I'll be here. God for, you know, unless I'm sick or something like that. But I'll be here. Um, they don't have to worry about another teacher coming in midterm, which in schools where there are often times are students of low socioeconomic status, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the teachers are just up and leaving in the middle of the year because of some of the difficult situations they're put in. Um, so that stability is really important, especially when they don't have it at home. So now, um, one of the things that, like, and I totally agree with you, but one of the things, like, let's play devil's advocate. Somebody who, who is either... Um, that doesn't side with the point for whatever reason that may be. That may be like um, there are certain individuals that are in in lower socioeconomical environments, and the question is like, okay, I was able to work and get up out of my situation and, and work hard, or my parents or wh whoever is around me. Why is it that you can't work hard to get up out of your situation? And to follow up that as well, like, have you been to students that just Although you try to just they they didn't want for the, for for themselves like as a as a t as a teacher like what is that like for you? That's the most frustrating thing, especially when you see potential in a student. Um, you know, just somebody who struggles even, and you see them making small gains every day, and that's the most important. That you change, you learn something new every single day, and that's all I ask of them. But when you see that to them, that doesn't mean anything. That's the hardest thing because it's, you know, people always say, you know, your elders know so much more. And maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But I do have more experiences and I can see where people have come and what they've come from. And, you know, even in my own family, um, my parents were the first ones in their family to go to college. Um, my grandfather escaped Poland during World War II. I mean, you know, everybody has some type of struggle that they go through. And the idea is to always be better than the generation before you. So if you are just going to take it as I, I am going to settle for this, this is the hand that I'm dealt and I can't get out of this, then you're not helping yourself and you're not helping society as a whole. And that's part of the problem, that people just are comfortable, they're complacent, and they say, well, this is the best that I can do and that's it. And people should always work to be better every single day uh, I agree I, I um I, I remember um we one time discussed that that is that that, that, that um that, that is the issue but there's a cause to that mm -hmm. for every reaction that in that a group of people or a society gives you is because there's a cause to, to that as human beings like we tend to not 
just do things, just to do do things. That's true. I mean, so, strange things have happened, but for the most part, the way societies function as a whole is usually because there's a cause to that issue. Issue. What do you think the causes are to even a student being put in that certain predicament? Because it's not something that they chose. Absolutely not. No, it's it's and nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to be put down. Nobody wants to have a job that barely meets their needs or not have a job at all. That's not anybody's choice. Um, part of what I think causes that is the fact that some people are given less opportunities in life. And if you grow up in a society or you grow up in a home, for example, that you don't have a car, okay, so already getting to school, doing all the things that you need to do in order to be successful are so much more difficult. Throw on top of that the fact that your parents might not be educated and they can't get a job. So how do you um, help support your family? You end up going out and getting a job after school. So that's taking away from your own time that you want to try to, to better yourself. Then throw into the mix that people become in, in desperate times and they just need to do something in order to gain money. So people sometimes get wrapped up in the wrong crowds. And you make one small mistake in the society and that ruins your entire life. Somebody sees that you have even a small criminal infraction and that's it, you're done. And so there's a lot of barriers that are set up by society to kind of keep people in the place where they are. Um, and it's really hard to ever break through that and, I, and it's completely discouraging. And I see that when students look at it and say, well, what's the point? How am I ever going to get out of the situation? Why even bother? They're not wrong. I mean, I, I get where they're coming from. Totally understand. And um, it's, 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 very, it's very difficult to be like just one student and then that like, like you said one at a time. Like it's, it's very difficult when other people in the community, they don't have to, you know, say one student at a, at a time. You know, their schools generally don't have problems with funding. They don't have problems with you know, get, get getting kids to to, to, to be to, to be recruited there. So it it, it kind of I don't know. Does it get frustrating at all? Like, is, is it is it like? It's frustrating, especially when you see the disparity between the opportunities. Um, you know, I've gone to the Pathfinders Awards that you know we do in in Palm Beach County, and our students who are they've come from so little and have come so far and have done such amazing things but compared to people who've already had a head start how do you compete and it's it, it is discouraging it's it's very upsetting and it's why I think a lot of teachers end up leaving because you feel like you're not really doing anything um, but my belief is always that if you can change one person and inspire one person to make a change then you can change the entire world that way because it only takes one person to help somebody else and so it's a trickle-down effect can you help every single person there is? No, nobody's ever been able to do that in the history of civilization. But it's not worth giving up on. Totally agree. Um, I'm 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 gonna ask this question again. I did ask it yesterday, but if you were starting a school, what do you think the most important, one of the most important foundations to be? Um, I think the most the most important thing is for somebody to feel like they belong and to be inspired and so when you have a stable community that supports you you can accomplish anything um, I've seen students who don't have a stable environment at home but really feel like they belong here in that grove and they become successful just because of the fact that they have people who are there consistently and believe in them and one of the most heartbreaking things to me is when I have 
students who have graduated years past and come back and will ask about teachers and I have to tell them, oh, well, that person, so-and-so is gone, they've moved. And just the look on their face, kind of like, well, they've given up almost. And it's not that they've given up, but they've moved on. And, and that's a hard pill to swallow for students because especially ones who don't have stability outside of In That Grove, and this was such a stable place for them, to come back and not find those faces is hard for them. And so I think in any school that's starting up, it, the consistency is the main thing that'll keep your students grounded and keep them trying to improve. So we're going to shift the conversation just really quick. Um, in terms of um, not education in certain environments, education in 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 in, in, uh, in general, like there's many ways of teaching. And there's many ways, but the general system that seems to be in place is like the banking si the banking system of, of, of education and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong but it's like the teacher teaches and the students receive the information and then with incorporation of standardized testing and, 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 and just you need to have this number you need to have this 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 uh, um, test score this GPA or, or this and that and the students sit there and it's like with their they're supposed to take in the information, whatever the teacher teaches them, and it's it's like you know they're only taught to sat there and receive. Like, what do you think about that concept, and what's it like for you being in the classroom? Um, luckily, with English and reading, I kind of get to stray away from that because most of our testing is not about regurgitating any type of facts. Like, if if you're teaching Hamlet, the test is not going to be on the plot line of Hamlet. You know, the state, the standardized test or the state test, whatever either one of them um, are more about the skills that you learn and so my biggest thing is always you can teach the skills but it's more important for the students to understand why they need them so primarily for English for for reading if the students know why they need to be able to write not just for a test but enable to communicate effectively later on in their lives or if they know that they need to um, that they need reading skills in order to be educated and keep on top of and to not even be taken advantage of in society. That if they understand the baseline for what they're doing, then it's more effective. Now, of course, not every subject is taught that way. Um, in history classes and science classes, it's mostly fact-based. And I know that as you know, you're studying college pre-med, that's what it is. You're learning facts. And so a lot of times, there's no connection between what you're learning and how you're going to apply it. And if there's no connection made for a student, then what's the point? It, I, that's true. It's how do you how do you how do you even bridge the, like how do you even begin to to, to bridge that? Because not every subject is as is as fun as AP Lit. Like that was a fun class. Yeah. You know, I, it was just you, you look forward to the class, whereas you transition to the college setting and you have five hundred plus kids in your class you can't I can't be like um how I used to be like hey Miss Cartwright hey Miss Cartwright I don't understand this or can mm -hmm. you slow down or can you that, like that doesn't work whereas that's how I learned though like I, I, I learned by messing with you not because I just wanted to know you just because that's really how right. I could get the information I felt how do you like I and, and that's one of the, the biggest things that teachers. I mean, in, in high school, we have a lot more opportunity to get to know our students and to kind of learn how they learn so that we can teach them the best that we can so that 
they get the material regardless of how you teach it, whether it's you lecturing to them, which most students don't learn that way, or them interacting with it or interacting with you, whatever the case might be. But college isn't like that at all. And so a lot of times students are not as prepared for that type of learning environment just because that's not the type of learner that they are. And so in some ways it seems like elementary, middle, and high schools, we are making progress in how to teach students to be effective people in society, but colleges haven't caught up to it yet. Like, the university system is still in this very methodical lecture scenario where they're losing people behind, and that could possibly be part of the reason why people are struggling to get jobs, because if you're not an integral speaker or you don't know how to communicate effectively because you've been sitting reading a book and having somebody talk at you, then how are you going to be effective in a job scenario where you have to have those skills? Right. And in and, and, and some of the um, higher institutions, like the more STEM mm -hmm. universities, um, a lot of those professors as qualified and they have great accolades. They're, they're very, you know, superb individuals in terms of teaching though they can't possibly cater to every and and these I think most students understand that mm -hmm. that um and they do have office hours but most students feel as though like they they have to revert to paying more money for extra studying materials for extra things like um on top of we're paying to be in the class and to take the exams yet the the information that the professor provides us is is not enough, right? So we're studying, and we're, we're let's let's say we do go to office hours. Let's say that we do buy that extra um study packet from outside, and we're studying, and we're still failing, mm -hmm. and it's still failing. And it's like, what is going on? Whereas in in high school, you know, it was it was you know one two three, everything goes good, and then now you're putting in more work than you ever have, and you're still taking all these losses. And for a student, that could be discouraging because the advisors will, will, will tell you, well, maybe this isn't for you. And perhaps that may be true at times, you know, because college is a time to find yourself. But at times, you know, I really believe in this. Like, I, mm -hmm. I know I could do this. I know that I'm competent enough to handle the information. There is a disconnect that I'm not understanding. I'm doing your work. I'm doing everything that you could possibly ask of me to do. And yet, I'm falling short. Well, I think there's a lot of ways to get to a certain end. There's no one-way path to anything. Um, and I think if you find a teacher who tells you that that's not true, that that's what you need to reassess. Not so much, am I studying enough, or do I have the right materials, but what other paths can I take to get there? What else can I do to make this happen? And a lot of, I mean, that's part of a teacher's job. Um, I think that's one of the most important parts of a teacher's job, that if you assess and you realize that your students are not getting it, not for lack of trying, you know, because some students will just not study and show up and they don't get it, or they don't practice and they show up and they don't get it. But for a student who is, you have to reassess what the issue is. Why aren't they getting it? And a lot of times in the university system, that doesn't happen because, like you said, you're paying for the class, the professor's going to get paid regardless, what difference does it make to them? And that's that's one of the issues, that if you're if you're in it, only for monetary gains and you don't care about the right. end result, how's anything going to get better? Right. Now, um, just a quick transition really quick into the standardized testing system because colleges don't really have like a SAT or ACC, but we do practice that 
you know, standardized tests. It's just it's on like a every three week basis mm -hmm. where you would be in the class and there's three grades for that class. I, I I'm not really sure what it is for a lot of the other majors, perhaps um for the liberal for um some some of the arts it's more like they have projects but for a lot of these um STEM majors is very popular now mm -hmm. so that's, I'm gonna speak on that um it's like you have the these exams and perhaps you have you know a few buffers in terms right. of but standardized testing like that that's that's all it is like how would you measure a student's intelligence um if you don't use the standardized testing system and what do you see the like, what is your opinion on the whole standardized testing? I don't necessarily have a problem with testing because I do think that it's fundamental to assessing how students are doing, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all of a person. You can't judge yourself based on one day, based on one test. Um, and so when, when a school or a class or society looks at a person based on one number, there's a problem with that. Um, Kids in high school today take tests constantly. They take a test for every subject area for class that they're in. They take graduation requirement tests. There's so many tests, and, and they're saying they're being told colleges are looking at this, and if you don't have a high enough test score, you're not going to college. And that's not necessarily true. And the same thing in college. Just because you don't perform well on one specific test doesn't mean you're not going to be successful in life. And so I think there's a big misconception between. And part of it is out of fear, why society tells us this, that if you're not successful on one day or one test, then your life is over, then that's it. And obviously they want to do this so that students don't blow it off, and I get that, but most of the time, those aren't the ones who are worried about it. The ones who are worried about it are the kids who are actually trying hard and trying to get to whatever, but like you said, they're just falling short, and and that's discouraging for them. And that could, I mean, for people who don't have that intrinsic motivation, that could be the end of their, their struggle. They could just stop right there and say, well, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm done. And most people, that's what they would do. They'd give up and they say, okay, well, my advisor said that maybe this isn't for me. All right, I'll just choose something else. I'll do something else. Um, and that's, that's, I think, a big fault in society that other people have too much bearing on the decisions that we make for ourselves and for the people that we become in the future. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, we should become immoral fools running around doing all kinds of crazy, but on the other hand, if somebody is really standing above us telling us what we can and cannot do as far as who we are going to be as people, then how can we ever evolve? And I think that's a big problem. Wow. God, I, I, I like that. <laughs> And now, what, what about in terms of society as a whole, in terms of our educational level as a whole, not in the systemic form? Um, I think nowadays we probably might, I may be wrong, have the lowest like readers, amount of readers, people that like, like to read books, like kids actually sit and read books. The typical college student will tell you, you have time to read? Yeah, I don't, man. I wish I. I remember back in high school. I used to read, and it and it's like they and and of course these students are very intelligent, and it's just like I don't. They don't have the time to read, and and reading being that based upon the the, the people that I've studied in history, that's what they did a lot of the time. They spent most of their time just reading. So a lot of the things that they they they, they have said, they're just repeating and 
in new forms. Absolutely, everything that they 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 were they were they were reading about Martin Luther King. He's not the first person to to say the things he said. There were so many people right that said, but they were avid readers. Malcolm X, he read like a lot of a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of books. These world leaders now. Hitler read a lot of books. Hitler read a lot of books. That's the point. So, and we, we, we keep thinking that everything that's happening now is the first time that this has ever happened. All these conflicts that we're having in society, this is the first time. It's not the first time. It might be the first time in your life that you've experienced it, but it's not the first time for any of this. Um, and that if we, if we fail to read and learn about different cultures and different people and the, the things that they've gone through, then we're going to make the same exact mistakes that they make. And people always, you know, history repeats itself. Well, that's true. And if you don't know about what happened, if you don't know the story of one individual person, this is how one person can change the world. If you don't know that one individual person's story, then you might make the same mistake. Right. So the more you read, the more experience you have, the more opportunity you have to become better. Why do you think it's like we stop reading so much? Right. People are busy. Everything else is so much more important. Um, you don't have to read in order to get an answer to something. Nowadays, you have a question, you pull out your phone, you Google it real quick. I think a long time ago when people were curious about a specific knowledge, they had to spend time investigating it. And through doing that, they learned so much more. It's not just looking at a snapshot. They had to look through the entire catalog to understand it and now we're not concerned with all the other intricacies we just want the one answer and we want it now and once we have the answer we're moving on and i think that is really what's taking away from students because our students do the same thing they just skim they look for one specific answer and they move on they're not looking at anything further than what's happening two minutes from now do you think that hurts our 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 society in general I mean, it has benefits. Students know how to survive better. They know how to um, answer questions to get the teachers off their back. They know how to find information. They can be quick, savvy researchers, which is a good skill in life. Sometimes you just need to find an answer quickly. But I think that it takes away from the long-term learning that's necessary in order to, to, to not be ignorant people, ignorant society, and just share misconceptions over and over again and that's part of i mean we're all on social media but that's part of the fault of social media people see it and so they believe that it must be true without having any prior knowledge to it and not taking the time to look it up right and we 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 we, we, it's i don't don't know it's i I think to each his own because everyone kind of will operate differently um for some people that works for them they don't like want to know there's nothing wrong with that that's no it's based upon who you are it's just it's 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 that in in society in the environments that i've been in it like it's just a i call it like a we live in a consumer culture mm-hmm. we just take and take and we don't give as much as we take in, uh, from, 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 from from university, we take in social media. We take in what our professors tell us. We take in the things that go on in the workplace, and it's 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 not as often as we get to 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 share back and re- revert back because if we do, then we're speaking out against some 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 um some authority figure mm-hmm. some some authority figure, and then then now we're rebellious or so we're out there I agree. or we're crazy. Um, wow. Hmm. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think pa- the the best way to learn is to question. 
And if you're not asking questions or being skeptical of what people are telling you, if you take everything for face value, and I say this to the students sometimes, that they're, that they're sheep, that they one person walks around and the rest of them follow, or one person, you know, I, it was a social experiment I did, um, really to get out of covering a class. Don't pull this, post this on the internet, though. <laughs> that I told one of the other kids to go tell the students that Miss Carter was in the media center. And nobody, it was just a random student went and said, oh, you're looking for Ms. Cartwright? She's in the media center. Nobody came to my room to check. Nobody wanted to make sure. And they didn't even know who this kid was. And yet they all went to the media center. And so it just, that's how society works. You want a quick answer, you get a quick answer, and you don't take the time to think about it or to fact check that any of this is real. And that's had a very negative impact in recent times in our culture that people take everything for face value and just don't ask questions. And if you don't ask questions, terrible things can happen. That's how wars have started. That's how millions and millions of people have died because nobody asks questions. You ignore and pretend like, well, okay, if they say that it's true, then it must be true. Right. So I think that's where the trend is heading now. Like being that you you teach so many like you, you I think you teach in like a lot of a range of age groups. Mm -hmm. What is the trend that you that you've been seeing currently like um going going up in the educational system like for, for the students at least. Students want instant gratification. If they don't see it changing now, then they don't care. They want to see an immediate transaction. They give you an assignment, they want to see a grade for it. And so it's, it's, it's an uphill battle trying to teach them that it's not about a number on a piece of paper. It's not about a grade. It's about the learning process and how that will help you become a better person later on. Um, and of course, they don't have the experience to really justify that with. And they're not reading the books about the people who have the experience to justify that with. But um, that's the biggest thing. And, and of course, you know, that's, that's just contemporary society. Um, I don't think it's been too different within my teaching career. I've been teaching for eight or nine years, so it's not really any different than how it was that short amount of time ago. Um, but I think that over the course of education throughout America in the last 50 years, that's been a big difference, that people are losing the sight of the importance of knowledge and just looking for an answer. I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard when you can't send an application to a university, to a grad school or a professional school and be like, hey, um, I'm a work in progress for your GPA. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have some, some form of a measurement and your lives are in the hands of a group of people that you don't know. Well, not your life, but your that culture. That current decision or that current path that you envision for yourself is determined on life of someone that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And although you may feel as though you are a great candidate, um, if they feel as if your your score doesn't re reflect that, then as far as they're concerned, or that answers are concerned, you're not a great candidate or you're not fit to 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 to, to be there. So that causes you to have some form of an anxiety as man, I have to get this score by any means necessary mm -hmm. in order for me to get there meaning now i do not care whether this is you know physics or 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 programming i don't i don't care what is going on what is it that i have to do to get this grade so that i can meet that in so it's like that again the the hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. almost my need isn't meant to where i want to go so that 
that that that learning and exploring and enjoying. I don't need that right now. Right. I I need I need security. And how do you balance that with it's well, it's not the grade that's important. It's the it's it's like absolutely. And I mean, I've been in the same situation myself. And <coughs> um, even with with teaching, of course, my first passion is to teach and and to work with with students. But at the end of the day, I still have administrators in the state looking down at me and saying, well, how are your test scores? Not how how are your students doing? Did they learn something today? Are they better people because they've been in your class? It's not about that. It's about, well, have you had X amount of students pass the test? And so there's always some measure of, of society looking at how. And, and you, can't, <coughs> you can't ignore it. So how do you, you can't be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to, because like, how do you, how do you get around it? Hold on. <coughs> How do you get around it? You can't get around it. You can't get around that. So, you could understand this, the students being so... Con- <coughs> con- dying. <laughs> Don't say this shit dying. They might believe you. Education's killing me. <laughs> so, like, you can understand how the students may feel con- conflicted when they're, they're they're being told by the teachers that are in the classroom with them every single day, "Hey, you guys, it's not about the, the grade; it's about the learning." <coughs> then they they're like, "Man, I want better for myself. Um, I want to go to 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 this place." And that and that place says you shouldn't even think about sending a, sending an application if you don't have that. <coughs> that that ultimately it puts the the students at a at a disadvantage. So, and I believe that there's an answer a loophole to everything. So it's like I'm because I'm always use an example. I, I I think I've seen it on the internet somewhere. <coughs> There was a professor, and in front of him was a elephant, a monkey, a fish, and like, and whatever animal was there. And he was like, "I'm gonna measure intelligence by who could climb that a tree." And then it's like, you know, of course, you know, the 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 um ape is gonna be ape um able to do it. That's just natural environment right. but are you going to tell that that fish or that or that elephant whatever other creature that was there that they're not you know as intelligent because they they that they can't do that and then it's like essentially that's what the, the education system does and it's like students are taught um it's like adam seen all the all the animals before he he named them yes just um students not in our in our system of and of education are taught to name the animal without even even see, even seeing it. So it's it, it really puts the students at a disadvantage. And being a, a, a student, I really could speak firsthand. It does put you at a, at a, at a disadvantage because I could be intelligent in a in a lot I could in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and learn a different way. But if I'm not doing it your way, then I'm not then You're I'm not successful. fit to to. So how did I don't I don't know like I don't that, that's one answer I don't. I haven't wrapped my head around it. I don't know that there's an answer to that. <laughs> I mean, 
there are there are different types of intelligence. There's people who are are skilled at being academics and people who are skilled at something else. I mean, you everybody has a role in society. I mean, you have to have chefs. You have to have mechanics work on your cars. Those people are are important to society. If you don't have them, you'll die. I mean, if you don't have food, you die. If you're driving your car and your brakes cut out and you don't have a mechanic to fix it, you'll die. You need people, everybody has a role in society. And I think that, I think, I mean, this might have started with my generation, but we were lied to, and you guys are being lied to, that you have to go to college and you have to, to fit into this box in order to be successful, and that's not true. I mean, there's so many other ways to to be successful, to make money, to to be happy in life that don't fit into those constraints of going to college, getting a degree, and graduating and not having a job. I mean, there's so many other ways to be successful. And I think that a lot of a lot of people are lied to, and they lie to themselves by saying, this is what I need to do, and they do it because other people told them that they should, or they see that that's what the majority does, or people who are in another class do, and so they want to rise to that standard. But is it for everybody? Does it actually make a difference? Can you come out of college after all those struggles dealing with your professors and be successful? Maybe, maybe not. That's an individual choice. That's an individual basis. And so we force a lot of kids into college, make it a requirement, and only to set them up for failure. That's not what they want to do. And not even in regards to where they came from. Um, like I said before, I come from a middle class family and a lot of people that I graduated college with don't have jobs now. They're working at Starbucks. Not that that's a bad thing for anybody who works at Starbucks, but that's not, what, that's not what they went to college for. And so you spend all this time and money and you worry about somebody telling you how you measure up only to not reap any benefits from it. So the root of the problem then is what? Because education can only be a product of a root of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And Society's being intellectual, expectations. what would you say that is? I think expectations are a problem. Or what society believes is important at a given time. At a, at a given time. So yeah, I think meaning. 20 years ago, um, it was important for people to have a college degree that you wouldn't be able to compete in the job market without it. Um, but the amount of people in a certain age range, because of the baby boomers and all of that, um, at a time period, really changed the job market. Um, technology has changed the job market. And so I think people need other skills other than just go to college, get a degree in communications, and now you are prepared to do what? Communicate? How are you going to get a job? What are you going to do? You know what I mean? So I think that trying to put everybody or funnel everybody through an education system, go to college, get a degree in something that is meaningless that you're not going to be able to do anything with, isn't helping anybody. And what knowledge are you gaining from that? What's the point? Like, why, why don't most teachers have this conversation in the classroom, though? Because like, it... I mean, I think that our school is different in that we do. We did. Yeah. I think, well, I don't know. Sometimes, um, from my, from, from my personal experience, you were the only person I really talked to about college. I think you and, the, and, and another and another um, teacher. It was mentioned a lot. 
Yeah. But I think because in, 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 in our environment, it's like maybe not not many of us were really expected to go like that far to be just from my experience mm-hmm. being, being, being a student. So I, like I would say is it wasn't until like what the, the end of my junior year and the beginning of my senior where I actually mentioned the fact I'm like, oh, miss, I, I'm really thinking like I yeah. can really go somewhere, you know. So it's it's like the, the conversation wasn't really like it was had because because of the relationship, but it wasn't really had in terms of everybody in that class knew what was up. You know right. I mean? No, I think that's that's definitely true. A lot of that, I think, in society comes from home that people parents tell you you need to go to this specific university or this is what this is what you're going to be in the future. You're, you come from a family of doctors, so you're going to be a doctor. Um, and that students who who don't have that background definitely have a disadvantage in trying to navigate um, the college process. Students that I have, some of their families never graduated high school, so to expect their parents to help them figuring out college applications and how to sign up for you know for your FAFSA, putting on all your tax information, all of that stuff, they don't have the guidance to help, and that's part of the struggle. That's part of well, if nobody's going to help you, how are you going to get there? Especially when you're a 17-year-old kid just graduating high school, you don't know how to do this stuff. I mean, you have 30-year-olds who don't know how to do this stuff, so. That's definitely a disadvantage. Another part of the reason why um, there's such a disparity between kids in an area like in their Grove graduating and going to college versus Suncoast down the street. Just the amount of opportunity in terms of help that they have to navigate all that. And I think that 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 disparity, though, I think unfortunately you would think it stops. You know, once you get to college, okay, now we're all on an equal playing field. And it really doesn't. You could have a kid who never been exposed to any, who has, who did make it. Let's say, you know, this, this, um, him or her, they really did, you know, go, go, go against the grain and, and they did reach to that point. Now they're in an environment that is so totally new to them. Mm-hmm. The professors are expecting you. It's like, and, it, it's some it's something that I have disdain for when when a professor says, "Well, you should already know this from high school." I'm like, I have never seen this before in my life. My first time in a chemistry class, I couldn't read the periodic table. I've never taken a chemistry class before in my life. Like I thought, potassium was with a P, so I'm looking for P, and it's like <laughs> you know, for those of you that still don't know, it's with a K. <laughs> Like I had to learn that like my my, my first day. I'm mm-hmm. I've never heard the term moles and I've never heard of thermodynamics. Those, those that, that was unheard of to me. And plus the demographics that environment. A lot of the people were mid, mid, middle class Americans. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that they were talking. I just it was like just a culture shock because I was yeah. like. And so those disparities. The reason why it's a problem and why we have a conversation is because those those disparities follow you throughout, throughout, throughout life because I could be that student who's never taken that class and now I'm struggling in that class I don't get the right the right the right of it. not because I'm not hard work because I do believe in hard work and not to make any excuses for anything but because of that disparity let's not mm-hmm. ignore that disparity is there you just don't have the prior experience to I don't have the prior experiences to, to, to be just now I could work mm-hmm. and catch up and make it a time to be just as good because that has happened more often times than not. Oh, yeah. But let's say that I don't. And it's not because it's because, okay, now I'm, I'm working twice as hard to just be happy. And let's say I am happy. So now I'm applying to these um, pro, um, pro, 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 professional programs to be uh, 
uh, um, uh, MBA or 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 to to to, to have a, a PhD or whatever program applying for, and now it's like your grades are just as good, so now I have to do another follow up pro, pro, program. So that's more years of my life that I'm mm -hmm. making up for disparity that occurred just because of where I was from. Now I'm I'm not saying that that's that that's an excuse or that's everyone's answer, but I will say that that happens more than it would like to be said because at times as, as students we're, we're taught to be like almost ashamed like like i remember my, my entire time in school if i ever ask anyone how's their semester going it's all with a <sighs> or or how are your classes <sighs> and it's like they, they, they would have like a minuses or b pluses and it's like i'm like <laughs> it's like we're, we're, we're taught that no matter what we do, we're not supposed to be good enough. Like, and that's it's it's fuck it's frustrating because no one wants to talk about it, but we feel its effects and and mm -hmm. and, and we and we internalize it. No, no one wants to bring it. And, and if someone does, it's because they're feeling sorry for themselves or they're or they're because we're taught no work 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 work. Feel okay. Feel feel. Oh, it's like that's that's. Am I crazy for thinking there's something wrong with that? No, I agree that there's something wrong with that. But in the next generation, for your kids and for people you graduate with who, some of, you know, already they're very successful doing all kinds of things. For your kids, you know, the next generation, how much better off will they be? How much better off will they be? Just think about it, Because now you've had all these experiences. You've learned all of this. And you know what to help your students, your students, your kids become better people. Right. So... It's frustrating and it feels like it's all in vain at this point. But if you're doing something, it's a trickle-down effect. You're going to help somebody else. You're going to help your own kids. You're going to help the next generation of students in, in that growth. So it's frustrating. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not really about us. It's about the ones that come after us. Yeah. That's a big teaching point. Well, isn't, I mean... In order for society to change for the better, it has to be about the people who come after us. It's not about us. It's not about our, what we do. It's how we help other people. At the end of the, I mean, at the end of the day, or at the end of hopefully multiple, multiple thousands of days for you, you'll be dead and gone. But what you help somebody else do will still live on because they're younger than you. And they'll help somebody else. And it'll go on and on and on. But if you're only in it for what am I getting out of it at this moment, at this time, you can't ever teach somebody anything else. And so everybody's always going to be for themselves. And if you're only for yourself, society doesn't function. Or it does, but in a very bad way. Wow. Um, this, this, this is off, off the wall. Just Now I'm just throwing questions at you. How does one study, though? That, that's a major question. How do you study? How do you study? Uh, How do you study? Everybody has different ways of studying. And I hear that, and it, it just makes it more frustrating. I don't know. I really like note cards. When I was in school, I used to put everything on note cards. I kind of—I don't have a photographic memory, but I can like remember the way it looked when I hand wrote it. So I would always like make flashcards for it. That was a personal thing. Is there a right way to study? No. But there is a very the wrong way to study. Not studying is the wrong way to study. Not doing anything. <laughs> Anything you do to try to gain information is the right way to study. There's no wrong way to study. I mean, I might think it's wrong, but if it works for you, I'm not going to tell you that it's wrong. So. Like religion. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another conversation, I guess. Another conversation. Do you know how students take notes these days? They take pictures of, like, information on their phone. Like, that. I don't know how you're going to retain any of that. I mean, it's, it's, for me, I did it because I didn't want to feel guilty for not wanting to take notes. So I told myself, I'm going to take this picture. I'm going to go back to it later. Did you? No, because like, <laughs> two weeks later, I'm like, why is my phone running out of storage? I'm going to go back on the slide later. Yes, yeah, so that's what I think happens. I'm like, I don't know how you're supposed whatever, whatever works. But um, with that being said, um, this car is a very, very busy woman. Actually, we're actually in school right now. We're in school. We're in school. Um, and um, seriously, I'd like to really thank you for taking the time to You're talk welcome. about the things that we did. I'm pretty sure we'll have many more conversations to come. You're not going to get away from me. I uh, like, Clearly, I can't. <laughs> you find ways to track me down. With that being said, Ms. Cartwright, I'm going to let you do your shout-outs. Shout-outs. Uh, social media, anything, you know. Oh, shout-outs. I don't know. Shout-out to Kim Kardashian. Maybe she'll see this and I will become famous, too. <laughs> She's my fave. And Kanye. <laughs> shout-out to my family. I don't know. Shout-outs. Shout-outs to Inlet Grove. You're not even going to talk about the past graduation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. Especially the class of 2014. Sorry I missed your graduation because I was having a baby. Shout out to them. And you know what's I think we were we we the best class. I, I don't know that you're the best class, but you guys are pretty awesome. You see us more than you see all the Um, yeah. That's true. We'll see what happens when time goes by, though. You're still kind of, like, recently graduated. Yeah. Like, after college, we'll see if you still come back. Oh, I'm a lawyer. Well, you know after college, and you can come speak at graduation. Really? Yeah. I'm going to graduate early. Uh-oh. You are? <laughs> no. I'm I don't kidding. think so. I don't, I don't want to. I'm not ready for the real world. Okay. I'm going to give my shout-outs. Um, follow um, Do So Rude on um, iTunes Store, um, SoundCloud, as well as any Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, at um, Y-O-U-S-O-R-O-O-D. This episode and many others will be posted um, so you guys will be looking at as well as um, a new project that we're doing on the YouTube cha- channel. With that being said, we're going to conclude the show. May peace be upon you all. Go read a book. See ya! Alright. Yay! Was that so bad? No, it wasn't so bad. Maybe maybe Kim Kardashian will start following me now. Maybe she'll donate... Yeah, she'll donate books to the school and that girl's going to be famous. Yeah.